0: I have two very distinct memories of missionaries. One was Helen Stiles, who was my kindergarten Sabbath school teacher. She loved us, told us great stories about God's love, and made us know that we belonged. The other is a lady who wanted the native kids to know that they weren't up to the standard of the missionary kids and shouldn't even think about being on their playground. Oh, I dare to think about it. I even dared to be on that playground, which led to some interesting situations. But through it all, the love of Mrs. Stiles and others just like her helped me overcome the nastiness of those who professed to be there for the gospel, but were there for their own selves. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath school, you. Welcome to this new series of studies called Biblical Missionaries. We're going to go through the Bible and see the missionary nest if there is such a word, of various characters. And leading us through this discussion of the three hosts we've had before at different times, of course, if you could introduce yourself again and tell me about any missionary trips you've been
1: on. Uh, my name is Phil Riley and I've been to Baja Mexico and Dominican Republic trip. <laughs> Baja
0: Mexico <laughs> it was it was during spring break. break. <laughs> yeah. no,
1: no, this was terrific. We built a, an orphanage or at least a, a house for an orphanage. Cool. So it was a really good experience. Cool. My name is Michael Martel and probably the most memorable missionary trip
2: I've been on was uh, to El Salvador where we were able to work on work in an orphanage and build a church. And uh, probably one of the most trying situations was just because of the political atmosphere that was happening there at the time, but definitely one of the best experiences I've ever had. That sounds interesting. Yeah.
3: And I am Janelle Phillip, and my most memorable mission trips, or some of the ones that I've been on, have been right in this city here and um, different places, such as um, outside of my church and in my neighborhood and in what some were called the inner cities. And those were always a great and
0: always are a great experience so we don't think about that we don't think about missionary being a missionary in our community so that's pretty cool thank you Mm -hmm. janelle if you could read scripture and pray for us please and we can
3: begin absolutely today's scripture is found in isaiah 55 verse 4 indeed i have given him as a witness to the people a leader and commander for the people let us pray Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for the missionary spirit that you have placed in all of us. Please let this discussion be fruitful and be to the edification of your work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. The missionary trips that you went on, what made the difference? Did you make more of a difference to them or them to you?
1: I would have to say that I, I went thinking that I would make more of a difference to them. And um, I, I used my physical abilities in order to kind of build up walls, things like that. But it was the, it was the individuals that made more of a difference for me. It was, it was me seeing the culture, me interacting with people, and their experience and their religion that really affected me.
3: I'm going to say it's, it's um, a little bit of both. I can't, yeah, you know, I I don't know. I can't speak for them. I'm running for office. Vote for me. (laughs) Okay, I'm not. But, (laughs) you know, I can't speak for them, but I can say that I did see the smiles in hearing the thank yous Mm. or just even from a handshake or a nod that something was received. But I know for myself that I definitely received the lessons from them. I learned each and every time, and I... I know this might not sound good, but I don't know how else to put it. I felt good leaving. I felt you good. You felt
0: good leaving. <laughs> like, All <laughs> right, I'm done with I this. Had,
3: <laughs> well, not in that yeah, sense. Sure. Like I wanted to go back, and I, you know, right. and I love to go back, and it's always fun to go back. But I felt as if I had some purpose to life other than just going through the humdrum of going right. to work. So right. that made me feel as if I was doing something outside of taking care of myself
2: and 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 I like that perspective of what what it is you walk away with my first experience it almost felt selfish because of Mm -hmm. how much I felt I was able to take from that experience when you go into a place prepared to fix something Mm -hmm. or um, provide something for someone else you're preparing I think mentally to give of yourself and then in those moments where you're like you know knee deep in cement and You know, whatever it is, these kids, these families, they're actually all surrounding and they're getting right in there with you. Mm. Some of these kids would come up and they would be carrying like trying to carry like the sandbags like, no, 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 we're here to help you guys. And they're like, no, 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 let us help you. And the families are around and they're cooking meals, preparing Mm. all day for the people who are helping out. It was just such a blessing to see that interaction and to see that there was an appreciation for what it was
1: you were doing. We were ministering to them, and at the same time, they were ministering to us. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what I've experienced. And that's, you know, we go there planning that we're going to really help them out. And, mm-hmm. and it is a lot of help to whoever you go and minister to, but it's those moments that you don't expect, that you don't plan for, because you go expecting that you're the one that's going to do all this good. And when you get those moments that you don't expect, you see the, the people that are really just living their lives. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are the moments that really kind of hit you
3: because the truth of the matter is, is that those people despite like whatever help I mean if, if it's just for a school it doesn't mean that they don't know God right. they might just need a school or they might need the resources to do that and so I think sometimes you know in the process I'm thinking I'm bringing them something but they have something to bring forth as well it might be different the things we bring to each other might be different but they do have something to offer just as I have something to offer because God places in all of us the ability to offer something to somebody right. so it's not just one I'm helping you right. no of course you can help me because God is also with you as well so why can't you help me
2: and, <laughs> I, I, go ahead, Well, just another quick analogy of maybe ha- another way to view that we, we went into a classroom that was supposed to uh, these these students would be benefiting from the church that we were building as well and one of the people on the trip they made a comment perhaps they hadn't been around much or weren't aware but They looked at the kids, and they were so impressed that the kids were so clean. Mm. They said, oh, wow. (laughs) Or they said, said, how did your mommies get you so clean? And everyone's looking at them like, well. (laughs) What are you talking about, You know, they didn't have a church building. They have water. (laughs) (laughs) They they have a home to live in. And so um, I think they thought it was quite humorous. Uh, Some of Mm. the the, the natives, they thought it was quite humorous. And when it was time for us to, like, take our laundry out, people in the community said, no, 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 we'll do the laundry for you. We can so, do a better job. Yeah, <laughs> and they shared, but they actually did, and they—these uh, were the whitest whites I've <laughs> ever seen in my life. The, mm. the clothing, when we gave the white clo- the, our T-shirts or whatever, they—they they took them down to the to the local river, and they had like this—it's habon, it's the soap, but it was made out of like seaweed and other things that you find in the local in the local culture. And they washed these clothes. It was—they were, they were the cleanest clothes I had ever seen. And it it just kept replaying back in my head. How did your mommies get you so clean? When I'm like, what, you know? I think that's what we forget. We forget
0: that oftentimes being called on the mission field is not necessarily for what we can do for them. Sometimes it could be what they could do to us. I remember when my first overseas mission um, assignment was going to Singapore. And having lived in L.A., my thing was, well, I'll go show the natives. I landed in, in Singapore, and I felt quite the native, because if yeah. you've ever been to Singapore, that whole city will blow you away. It's just mm. so diverse. It's so advanced. They were doing things there that, you know, 10 years later, when I came back here, we just started doing in mm-hmm. terms of medical science and so forth. So it, it was just so amazing that I went out there, and I came back and looked at the study and said, how in the world do you reach that city with the resources that we have for this? Uh, it, it was just... it was. M- mind-opening, if you will. It was spiritually awakening to realize that my life was being changed in the first week that I was in a place that I thought I would make a change. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So having considered your life experience with being the missionary, how would you define missionary? And what comes to mind when you hear the word missionary?
1: You know, I went to a school where we had a, a statue of a missionary because it was kind of, it was named after a missionary. And so there was a statue of the missionary with his family, with these old, you know, those trunks, those huge suitcase trunks, mm-hmm. kind of like standing at port, waiting to, to go off. And when I think of a missionary, I think of that. But unfortunately, I think that's a very deportation.
2: Immigration. <laughs> 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 this, don't,
1: this looks the same. The image looked the same. <laughs> but, but I feel like that's that's such an outdated image. Right. And even you know, that's what I first think of. But then I correct myself because. I feel like we've got this idea that you've got to go far away in order to be a missionary and you've got to, you know, take your technology and help out another culture like we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And then to realize that first off, there's a lot that they give to us. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily that we have all the answers and all the everything. But then also I think you don't have to go far away. It can do just like Janelle, you can be right in your own city. And you can help out people in your own city. So you don't have to go far away. But yet I still have, and I think a lot of people still have the idea that you have to go globally all over the world in order to be a missionary.
3: And it has its place. Like somebody does at some point... (laughs) at some point, should be able to go out and to help because people, if we have resources or the ability to provide something to a community um, or an idea or a concept or something of the sort to a community, it is our responsibility that if we can to go and share that. But we have that responsibility here. So I often think of, when I first hear missionary, the truth of the matter is I think of somebody who's going somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's normally what comes to my mind. But then I do step back and say, no, missionary is the spread of the gospel. It's it's Mm -hmm. just taking Jesus. And that means that Everywhere that I go, I'm a missionary in some form or aspect because I'm impacting somebody on some, on some level. So missionary, I think the definition is starting to change, that it's not just going overseas or leaving just where you are, but it's actually being just where you are and representing Christ.
2: When I, when I think of that in, in the context of what you're saying, you, you have a purpose. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when I think missionary, I'm thinking someone who is going out to accomplish a mission they're, they're going to go do something and then i like to link that with the concept of like an ambassador it's not really like the same mm-hmm. thing but when you think about what you are supposed to do when you're out as a missionary mm-hmm. you're representing something you're representing a concept you're representing the mission that you are supposed to go out to fulfill those are kind of the concepts that come to my mind. I think someone who has set out to complete a task, mm-hmm. and then they have to carry themselves a certain way, they have to be a certain way, so in, in that way, they're kind of an ambassador.
0: I like the yeah. idea. I like the idea of the, what you said, because most good ambassadors immerse themselves in the culture. They don't give up the uniqueness of the state that they represent. They don't give up that identity. But they, are, they don't go, oh, you eat that. Well, we don't. They just, they're part of it, always yeah. comes down to food. You know, the, but, and it's true it's because, me too. When you, yeah. <laughs> because when you look at when you look at the books that Paul wrote, you know when you think of missionary, you got Paul right there. But every uh, when you look at it, every book that he wrote, he was writing specific to that audience. Mm-hmm. And there were things about that place he remembered. There were experiences that he talks about. He understands the culture. It wasn't like, well, I'm so much better than you. It's like remember so and so, and remember this, or we let's do this, and mm-hmm. the next time we meet, we're going to meet that whole sense of togetherness. I think there's a, a, a sense of some some, a symbiotic relationship Mm
3: -hmm. okay Mm -hmm.
2: that we tend to forget when we often define missionaries Hmm. you have you have a responsibility to be representative of the mission you're setting out to accomplish Mm. and and when you when you go into another culture or even when you stay within your same community you need to be mindful also of what it is that you're supposed to represent, mm-hmm. and so that those are kind of some of the things I think about. This week's
0: study is called the missionary nature of God. So when you think, consider the title, what, how do you then define missionary?
1: You no, know, I say, I mean, using the idea of missionaries going out, um, which again comes to mind. God sent Christ to be sort of missionary. To and he earth. ate the food. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes down to food. It all comes down to food. There are many, many examples of that. Um, no, but, but God sent Christ to come out and to perform a mission mm-hmm. and to reach out into our world and share the, the good news. Excuse me. Um, and so I feel like in that sense, you know, God has that missionary nature. Right. But at the same time, I also agree with that whole, like, ambassador type thing. You know, it's not just going out but it's kind of getting into the culture and, and sharing with that culture about God and mm-hmm. about the ministry. But it's not so much the culture affecting your spirituality. Right. It's, it's right.
0: being ad- adaptable to the social culture. Right. And because, Christ proved that you can yeah. do that. And, and
2: Right. Like, right. Jesus, like Jesus came to earth to show us what love is, to show us that love conquers all, to eradicate darkness, to eradicate evil. And that was That was his mission. And so, when he, Jesus, to me, is the ultimate missionary mm-hmm. because he, he accomplished that goal number one. But in doing that, he also took the stern, the the the, the standpoint um, of representing who God was. Mm-hmm. Okay, he and he had in every situation, in every turn the responsibility of upholding that characteristic, which is why I think it's such a great thing that he was our Mm -hmm. example to show us that it's possible. But, but see, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, you were going to say...
3: No, I was going to say just that, and he didn't... You know, it still still blows my mind that he came, and in the midst of sin, he never sinned. Mm -hmm. And so he kept his nature. He kept... He couldn't have chosen to... He, had, he chose his whole path, but his path and he chose to be able to be in the midst of the cities with all the tax collectors and publicans and everybody else that was, you know, looked upon and frowned upon that day and still today a little bit sometimes, <laughs> but, you know, in the midst of that, but he didn't take on their likeness, but he was in the midst with them. He ate, he sat, he talked, he walked and talked with everyone, healed all kinds of people, but he never became, he never sinned. And so he was able to be in the midst of it and hold true to what he believed and to what he knew his purpose was, but did not look down on and was able to help.
0: Or or adopt their attitudes. Or
3: adopt their attitudes, yep.
0: Yeah. One of the things I think, as Christians, we tend to do is we tend to say, "Okay, the missionariness happened with Christ," which is true. It did I mean, he exemplified that whole idea of being a missionary. However, when you look at the Old Testament, you still have valid examples of God being the missionary. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, right when sin happened, God went looking. And he wasn't like, "Well, now you will suffer." Right. He goes, "Look, I will." He cuts the lamb. He he clothes them. But he says you can't stay here anymore because there. But I have a plan for you. Mm-hmm. You have examples. You have examples through Abraham. You have examples mm-hmm. through the prophets. Uh, some of them women, where God does come back and say, you know, mm-hmm. here's a way I will take care of you because the rest mm-hmm. of you don't listen. Yep. I will take care of you. So it's it's, it's throughout the biblical narrative right. that the idea of God as a missionary stands out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now I got
1: You got something to say? Well, I was just going to say, like, I feel like missionaries. They're very interactive with the communities that they're reaching out to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just like you were saying, I mean, we can see throughout the Bible how God interacted with humanity the entire time. Right. Yep. And he
3: and wasn't abusive. Right. You know, sometimes we go into places and where, you know, it it's becomes punitive and it becomes all these things and, it's it's not like that with God. It's not like that with Christ. It's a standard, and, and he presents to information, but he doesn't beat up. Mm-hmm. He goes and he seeks, but he's not beating up on you. He's There's always a plan, and there's always... And you said it earlier, Mike, it was always a plan, and there's love that's there mm-hmm. with it. And so we have to remember to keep that essence when we are, wherever we are, that we're not there to put anybody in any kind of heaven or other location or other sort. That's not our job. Mm-hmm. Our job is to represent who the Father is, and to not beat down and to not, you know, you're not good enough or you're not this or you're not that. Or you should
0: dress like me. You should dress
3: like me. You should (laughs) speak like me. You should, you know, like the same beat style of music that I like. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's beyond that. And let, you know, our job is to represent the Holy Spirit will do the rest.
1: So you're even saying that if we are so focused on all those other things that we're not even doing our job as missionaries because we're not fully representing What God Christ is actually like. I
2: don't know. I don't know how you can fully do your job if you're focused on something else.
3: Yep. That's 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 it
2: is. Which leads us to this question, (laughs) which I
0: have to read out because it's long. It's misleading for us to speak of the church's mission. We don't own mission. God invites us to participate in His mission. How do you react to that idea?
1: I think in a perfect world the church's mission and god's mission would be the same in the ideal world in the ideal world that's hmm. that's what we would want and that's what i think anyone else wants but, but we but. don't <laughs> we're, it's no perfect world um <laughs> and we're all fallible <laughs> humans that have have our own opinions and our own focus and all that stuff i think it's as far as this is concerned it's a mistake anytime we put something above god's ideal um. or god's plan and i think that a lot of times Whether it's a church or a pastor or you know an individual church or a world church or denomination, we've got to be really careful about taking that as the the law, the word of God. My first, uh, I think my first
0: time, I had to clear a a whole set of uh, religious materials in in Singapore. When you get videos or music back then, you had to go through this huge customs process because they want to make sure it was okay. So I'm standing next to this gentleman guy who's also uh, clearing Christian material. And the person standing next to me, the person who's supposed to be my mentor, says, don't talk to them because you're an Adventist, and Adventists are considered a cult. Mm. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm praying a mile a minute going, what do I do? Because this guy's creating, clearing some really cool stuff that I could use on the radio show. So I sort of lean over to him and go, that's Christian material, isn't it? He goes, yes. oh, well, that's really cool. He goes, uh-huh. I said, well, here's what I'm doing. We're starting this Christian program, and the pastor next to me is cringing because I say this. Mm-hmm. I, said, I just want to know that, you know, this is where we are and who we are and everything else. And the guy smiles to me. He says, you know, you're, you're an Adventist, and I'm not. I've got family that are Adventists. But perhaps if we come together and we work together in mission and in for God's work, we will have a better idea of who God is. Or we, his actual words were, we will see God clearer if we can come together. I went, whoa, can I come see you? <laughs> give me his card. I go in the next day, and he's the distributor for all Christian music in all wow. of Asia. Opens his opens his warehouse and says, whatever you want, it's on me. Wow. Wow. And I think that's, that's cool. how it works, is if you get together, you don't have to give up everything, but if you go back to Scripture, you kind of know what you should give up and what does bring you together.
3: Because at the end of it, Christ owns it. Mm-hmm. We don't own it. Like, it's not just mine. It's his. Mm-hmm. It's his church. It's his mission. It's his A, beliefs. It's his thoughts. That's what's and key. we subscribe yeah. to it. And so we believe that. But I don't own it. My denomination doesn't own it. We don't own that's, anything. We're blessed to have some of it, and so is yeah. everybody. See,
2: that, that's where we get mixed up, though. Because I think people start to think of the church's mission as something that belonged to you and I, mm-hmm. because we go to a church,
3: mm-hmm.
2: not recognizing that the church is symbolic of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that is his mission that we are to be fulfilling. That's what I see Christ <clears throat> doing, you know. When Christ comes in,
0: he doesn't say, okay, he, you're all completely idiots, which <laughs> some of them were. Mm-hmm. Uh, he takes, us, takes them back to the origins. He quotes the, he quotes the prophets, he takes them back to everything. And somewhere along the line in the formation of denominations, we forget the origin. Mm-hmm. When you look back, God gives us a sense of mission. Throughout biblical narrative, he gives a sense of mission. He says, this is what you do. You, be, you go back, be a good influence to the people around you. But whatever happens is eventually people become so insular that they forget everybody else and expect everybody else to be like them without realizing they've actually become like everybody else. Mm-hmm how do you how do you get that how do you get past that how do you rediscover the origin when your culture when your church culture is insular and you don't even know it
3: we have to make the point of going out and meeting others and really sitting talking and listening the holy spirit we under sometimes i know i underestimate his power and i think that if i go here or I up here i'm going to be totally swayed and moved and so forth no not really not per se i'm, I'm, I'm for the core principles there's some core things that i do subscribe to that i truly believe but that doesn't mean that i can't hear you that doesn't mean that i can't discuss with you that doesn't mean that we can't learn from each other i am not at any place where i believe i have i'm at this point of i know it all Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there is nothing else that can be taught to me that i have come to this place of oh you can't teach me anything because you believe such and such well that's not true as much as i love reading the book of of god he's just really too big for me to understand all of him and so that means that when somebody else reads him as well or has anything else and and, and looks at it there's something else that i can gain from them because i just can't know it all and so he puts us here because we are the his body Mm -hmm. his body not my what i subscribe to my friends or so forth it's his body and so we can get something from everybody and, and that's how we learn and grow. That's I how som- people learn
2: to grow. I sometimes wonder, when people go out as missionaries, um, and if, if it's something that they plan on doing consistently, do they ever stop and look back at what their experience was and kind of do like a personal inventory, a personal analysis? I wish I did and, that. And say something like, hey, this was a scenario I went through. This is what happened. This was the interaction. This was the outcome. I could have done this. I could have done that this is what this means, like this biblical principle means that I actually should have tried to do this instead. Because we go out thinking these bullet points of what the Bible is trying to get us to accomplish, and then we don't really think about how it's asking us to accomplish it. So then we're left on ourselves to try to figure out, and we need to evaluate that. See,
0: what you're saying, what Janelle just said about listening, uh, I had a I, what I was called to do in Singapore and what I ended up what ended what they wanted me to do were two different things. Mm-hmm. So I was going calling and not realizing the restrictions. and so it wasn't the the best situ, working situation mm-hmm. but it's a, it was a, one of the greatest experiences. And so at the end, when I left the place, there were a whole bunch of things that people had written people listeners to the radio station, but I was hurting so bad that I made it all about me. It wasn't until ten years later when I went through, I was unpacking boxes that I read the letters from people and went like, I am so. that mm, had choice words for myself because if I had actually opened up and read what people said, mm. I wouldn't have been spent those ten years thinking about what happened. Yeah. I would have seen the difference that God had for that 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 experience. And I think that's one of the things we should do: is evaluate. Even if it's in mm. a local church, is evaluate. Stop and say, why am I doing this? Is it because you know of something that is in my spiritual, in my congregational DNA? Mm-hmm. And there's a difference between spiritual DNA and congregational DNA. Mm.
1: But I think, that, I think that takes someone that's willing to look beyond them, beyond their church, and really grow. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people, they look at what they've done, and they think, okay, so everything that I did was in line with what my church believes and uh, what I believe. <laughs> and I think that's a very hard thing to get over, mm-hmm. but something that people need to do, because there are a lot of things that are very good for us that we believe, but there are a lot of things that are cultural as well. That's why Peter had that, that vision of the whole animal thing is he
0: was following everything that he was taught to do, which was his congregational DNA structure, so to speak. So when he comes back to speaking, God says, no, 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 you got to break away from that and see what I have to say. Not that saying that congregations are bad, mm-hmm. but sometimes we inherit things that we don't realize
2: we have till we go back to the origin kind of get institutionalized in the doctrines without the padded
1: walls and uh-huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and think about when uh, when Peter walk, went out and started ministering to the Gentiles that was a whole group of people that were basically opened up to the ministry and it kind of makes me think who are we cutting off right now by our beliefs right. by thinking that we have all the answers that we kind of have it all set up and we're kind of ignoring certain people because we've got that institutionalized idea. I think the principle without, Matthew, without the padded walls. <laughs> without, without the of walls,
0: Matthew five thirteen and fourteen. I, I love that text. You are the salt of the earth, and you are the light of the world. Absolutely. I think that is your key principle. I mean, too much salt, you got hypertension, which in some churches, we have way too much hypertension. laid it on In others, we just uh, we're blinded why? them, not with science, but we right. just blinded them completely. There's right. a song reference for you. But, you know, <laughs> it just completely blinded them because we think yeah. we're so bright. We're not, actually. Right. But what, what
2: was the principles you see there? In, in the metaphors of mm-hmm. the salt? You know, salt, when I think of salt, it's a season. It, you know, it seasons. It gives flavor. Good flavor. Uh, good flavor, right? A little bit, not a whole lot. A little a lot. bit. And the mm-hmm. thing is is that what is salt without flavor? What is salt without savor? Mm-hmm. If, if you lose it, if it's not enough, if it's too much, the food is no good. If it's not enough, mm-hmm. you don't really want a second portion or you don't want to keep going. And th- that metaphor to me is important because I think it helps to define how we should make that balance when we go out you know, to interact with others. Even
1: more than that, I would just say real quick we focus on taste and all that stuff but salt does a lot more than that it breaks through ice it preserves it does a lot of stuff, and I feel like there's a lot more to, that we can learn just besides taste. And it's how to that's use, it deep. How you use it correctly. how to use it correctly. And the, the
0: deep many now, uses yeah. for it. <laughs> Very <That's> deep. deep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Well, I'm going to look forward to how you no, define the whole missionary ness of God and <laughs> biblical missionaries in the studies to come. So I'm grateful that you're here. If you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's ww.sabbathschooltheletteru.org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is, you all should know this by now, information and transformation, it's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Falvo Fowler.